that, you know, you just do the things and then you figure out and you learn by doing. And that's what's exciting. Welcome back to another episode of Strategically Winging It. Today we are joined by Rebecca Minner. Rebecca is the CMO of Le Wagon Coding Bootcamp. She has worked in tech for the last seven years and initially started running her own business of bow ties. Rebecca, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. The bow ties, I obviously Google stalked you before you came on. Tell me more about where did the idea come from? And at the same time, please do introduce yourself a little bit more if there's anything I've missed out to those who are listening. So, uh, yeah, the bow ties, well, they came from a discussion I had uh, with a friend um, one day, and we were just saying that we loved bow ties, but the, the design of the bow ties were really made for men and really made to be worn with a like a men's shirt. And we were like, yeah, that would be great if there were some bow ties that we could wear with anything, like a T-shirt, a dress. And we're like, okay, well, let's do it. And you know, it's those times where you're like, yeah, let's do this idea. And then you just never do it and this time we just did it so yeah it was I think seven or eight years ago I uh, was in my last year of uh, business school uh, yeah we just decided to to do it and we started to uh, draw the first pieces and then we looked for fabrics and uh, we met with a pattern maker and we worked with her to create the pieces and it just started like this you know just by doing the things even though you don't really have the experience to do it. We didn't have any experience in the fashion business or even like any experience at all, actually, apart from our internships. So it was pretty scary, but at the same time, it felt really natural. And we didn't ask ourselves a lot of questions and we just did it. So that's how it started. About the question of, uh, yeah, I think you introduced, introduced me uh, pretty well, uh, I guess. And there are a lot of other things to say, but uh, yeah, if... If I have to sum it up, after this experience, I started working in tech because I had made uh, already some internships in the tech sector in startups. I knew that I didn't want to join a big company. I knew that I wanted to be in, in small structures and work uh, with small teams where I could really have an impact and be autonomous, etc. So that's why after that adventure uh uh, finished then we can talk about it if, if you want uh, I joined like the tech industry and then I've been working in tech for for seven years now mm. yeah I absolutely love the bow ties I remember looking at them thinking it's it's not a innovative idea as in bow ties already exist right and they already yeah. exist in in the fashion and the accessories but it was just a for me, it was just a new update to an old trend that we've seen in a in a really kind of a in a quite a funky manner. I yeah, love exactly. what you said. I absolutely love what you've said about kind of you and your friend just thought we let's just do it, and then you just went and you found people who did fabrics, and you and you found someone who did this, and you found someone, and you kind of uh, you you know similarly to to kind of making a bow tie, you kind of stitched it all together without really having prior experience. How was that journey for you? Because I can only imagine coming out of university, not necessarily having a job or kind of that financial stability to go and run your own business. I think that it was extremely exciting to start something from scratch and just follow our ideas. And just, you know, we were like, okay, let's look at um, 
you know, fashion trends at the moment. And let's do like a, uh, we, we were just taking pictures and, uh, and putting them like all around to have ideas and to feel inspired. And then we just started drawing, even though we don't know how to draw. Uh, and it was extremely like exciting and, and spontaneous. But at the same time, when we, so we started this, then we, so we made the first collection basically, and we, we decided like to try and, you know, sell it. So we made an event uh, and actually like the event was uh, showcased in a, in a lifestyle magazine. So a lot of people came and we sold everything. So that was like really great. Uh, it started really well. And then someone from Givenchy Perfumes contacted us to make a, a collection for their marketing team for the launch of their new perfume. So quite crazy, like from, you know, out of the blue, we did that. Uh, then we met someone working for Eurostar and we, you know, we were talking about the bow ties and they asked us to make a collection for an event, a Eurostar event. So like 150 bow ties for all the people who attended the event. And we, you know, we were like, oh, okay, so we can actually do B2B collections. We hadn't even thought about it. We didn't have um, enough experience and we felt uh, we, we didn't have enough confidence to really uh, go on with this project and make it bigger. Uh, the thing is, we were doing everything manually. So the fabrics came from Paris. Um, it was all upcycling of uh, existing fabrics and it was made by hand in a in a Paris uh, Parisian um, uh, work workshop or place. Uh, so it was pretty expensive for us to do. And I think at some point, if you want to make your business scalable, uh, you have to get to another dimension. So at the time, it's, it, what it meant to us was uh, maybe raising funds because we, we didn't have the money to invest in this project. So uh, also at the time, crowdfunding for this kind of project didn't really exist. Uh, it was really the beginning of, of crowdfunding, at least in France. And so we didn't even have this idea. So, um, you know, either we really decided to raise funds, uh, make it a real business and, and yeah, just um, be brave enough to do that. Or we decided to, okay, we're, it's fun, but we're not experienced enough. So we need to start working in like existing companies to, to have, you know, to gain more experience and maybe later we'll do another, another business together. And that's what we decided to do. And I, it, it's what we did, and uh, and eventually uh, we did other you know great stuff that we are excited about. Uh, but I think that sometimes maybe you need to follow like uh, you know your heart and be brave enough to to do the things, even though you don't have like all the knowledge. Um, but I don't know if it's because uh, we were you know two women uh, generally. Uh, the the, the um, I don't know. We 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 just felt that. We didn't have enough confidence and experience. And I guess, actually, we didn't like that much experience uh, mm -hmm. because I think you can learn everything by doing. And that's the big, the big learning for me, like for the, you know, the, the, the years I've been working, is that you can learn everything by doing it, uh, especially in business. Like it's, you, 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 can, you can learn progressively and we could have done it, but it's like that. And we have no re regrets, but... It's funny to see, you know, myself from seven years ago being so scared about things that I realize now there was, it was not that difficult to do. 
There's so much that you've just said there that I want to I wanna just kind of bite into. Um, and I'm going to have to resist because there's so much, <laughs> there's so much richness that I'm like, that is pure gold. <laughs> you know, the, the fact that you, you can be brave, the fact that you've made a decision after launching a business, which, you know, by the way, sounds like it did really well. Just, you know, that power of networking, like you've met someone at Eurostar and you've met someone at this kind of French fashion brand. Yeah, I think networking is definitely something that we can drill into. Yes. But I think the, the bravery that comes with being a founder, launching a business, seeing a business grow, you know, kind of breeding it if it's your own child and then acknowledging that maybe right now you're, you aren't in the best place or in the best state of mind to, to carry on and giving it a pause, I personally think is really brave and it's not something that I think I could do. Um, having launched LMF Network, I'm extremely addicted and, and obsessed with it, let's say, as, as a founder. Though I do understand that that itself is quite unhealthy. You need to keep some, to, some sort of atta- uh, detachment. I can't ever imagine thinking I'm going to put this on pause uh, to, to go and work in, in the corporate space. I, like, do you not dream about what could have happened or where it could have been? Uh, yeah, sometimes, sometimes I do. Uh, but I think it's just not my personality to have regrets because I think whatever um, path you, you choose to, to take, it's going to be, you know, you can make great things out of it. And, you know, there is no better. I don't think there is one truth or one better option. It's just like the, the, the choice you make at some point. And if you make that choice, it means that you had to make that choice. And that's all. So, but 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 I'm really happy to have lived you know this experience and it brought me a lot and um and, and yeah also also I realized how much I've changed and how how much more um, confident I feel right now and maybe a bit more brave also and mm-hmm. I, I think also it, it comes from the fact that at least in France um the when when you study like it's what what you hear a lot is to be very rational and you know to follow paths that open you doors and you know not to rush and and so we at least in my studies in my education I learned to be really uh, rational and cautious so I guess this doesn't help you take risks uh, so I guess that also, that's also why, where I came from uh, and it's it's also you know beautiful to see that today and to understand why we decided to do that and why we didn't feel ready or whatever. Uh, I guess we didn't have this uh, mindset of taking risks and and we were just scared. So, And then seven years later, how do you end up a CMO of a company? Well, actually, after, the, after we, 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 we ended up uh, working on this project, I had no idea what I wanted to do. I just knew that I didn't want to work in a big company, uh, so that I would rather work in a startup, maybe in tech, uh, but I had no idea. And I started writing to entrepreneurs on AngelList, and I met with this entrepreneur who was creating a project, um, and we just worked together for a day with him and his team, and he was hiring sales people. And at the end of the day, uh, I said, well, I love the project. I love the team, but I don't want to do sales. And he told me, well, um, I want to work with you. So just write your own job description and just, you know, do whatever you want. (laughs) So 
it was quite crazy. It's uh, I think it was the starting point of this journey um, because at the time, so I didn't know what I wanted to do, but what I knew is that what had what I had enjoyed the most in my previous experiences was to to write stories. Um, that's you know in the in our bow ties brand. There was also an aspect of the branding that was that every bow tie had the name of a of a woman who marked history, either an author or a musician, an artist, and every bow tie has a had a had a story. And I loved this, you know, I loved like creating content and stories for a brand. But I didn't know if this kind of job existed because in business school you learn, you know, the basics of a business, how it works, uh, how to manage stuff but you don't really learn like what are the you know the jobs that you actually that you can actually make if you go out of the very uh usual job so i started making research uh on google like uh, jobs around the writing or whatever and i uh just came upon this job that w that's called uh content marketer and i started reading a lot about content marketing and what it means uh, what you can do with it, and that's just what I started doing. So I started um, writing articles about a lot of topics that surrounded that surrounded our project. So it was uh, sharing economy, open innovation, big data, fintech, mm -hmm. all these buzzwords that I didn't know anything about uh, in the beginning, and I just read and read and read, and then eventually wrote about it. And and we started having engagement and I started writing a newsletter and then I noticed that the content that people were the most engaging with was around fintech so I focused my newsletter on fintech started a weekly newsletter on fintech and after two years I had more than 50,000 subscribers well it was pretty organic um, I I was very active on Twitter and then friends friends of friends people just shared the newsletter with each other and it just grew quite organically. Uh, so yeah, it was quite crazy. And, uh, and yeah, so, so, so I love this experience because you know, the power of content and to uh, writing stories. And I just realized that I could be, you know, if you even stuff that you don't know anything about, if you start reading a lot about it and so maybe it's also my personality, but I can be really passionate about things that you know I don't even know about the day before. Uh, so, so yeah, and that, then I worked with a data scientist. We did like data visual visualization for uh, uh, fintech fundraisings, et cetera, et cetera. So it was it was really interesting, and um, and and I love that part. And then I think in my um, following experience. Uh, I worked with a crowdfunding company and I added the communication part, PR, et cetera. And then I felt I was, I was lacking the marketing part. So the, it was quite logical that I joined Le Wagon afterwards uh, to work on communication content and also marketing. Uh, and, and yeah, for me, it, was, it all made sense. And, but in all these experiences, what was really important to me is to work for a project that 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 has an impact and that has sense for me so it was the case in the crowdfunding company and it's even more the case at Le Wagon because for me education is the place where you can have the most impact Le Wagon is so it's education for adults people who want to change their lives or people who want to learn new things to be better at their jobs or to launch their business 
and to live the way they want, basically. Uh, so it's it's basically giving giving people the tools to feel empowered. So that's the mission that I think is beautiful. And uh, and yeah, um, f for me, yeah, I couldn't work for a project that I don't believe in the um, if I don't believe in the in the mission. Well, internally, so we have teams in more than 20 countries. So it's a lot of different cultures. But I think what's pretty special is that the company culture is so strong uh, and, and it's so shared among the team members that it goes beyond the cultural differences. So it's quite easy to work all together. In in seven to 10 years, you've you've achieved an incredible amount uh, and, and you've learned a lot along the way and you've given us very, very and you've given us golden nuggets of, of wisdom along the way. What what are some of the mistakes you've made? Um, and I know that you said you don't regret things, but you must have some mistakes or some learnings that you you can remember that you can you you know you can be brave enough to share. Uh, sure. So that, so that maybe we don't trip up in in the same or similar way. Yeah, sure. I think. Um... I think that maybe what I realized, I was talking about sense and impact. I think it's something that's pretty important for our generation. It's something we hear a lot and we say a lot. But what I realized, I won't like talk about any specific experience, but um, wanting to work for a project that has impact, you know, external impact is great. But I think it's as important to work in an organization that has a positive impact uh, internally, uh, because from what I saw, even though, even when you see like a company that seems to be great and have, you know, positive impact, ethical, etc., sometimes inside, it's not exactly the same thing. Um, and, and I think that that's something that we really need to, to be aware of, uh, because otherwise it can be a bit of a trap, you know, to be attracted by a company that has such a great image, but actually, inside it's it's not that and and maybe i was a bit naive or i trust i tend to trust people um so there are things that yeah again i don't regret but maybe choice that i wouldn't have made if i had knew if i had known um exactly you know the deal that i was entering into um i think now it's better but um and again maybe it's something that i see in other female colleagues, uh, lack of confidence, and also uh, the willing to be perfect all the time and to do more and more and to prove that you can do it because you know that in front of you, in the tech industry, of course, if you're a woman, you're a minority and you know that people are gonna have bias against you even if they don't, even if they're not conscious of it. So I guess I've always wanted to prove that I could, you know, that I could do it, I could be, um, I could ha achieve great results, et cetera. And sometimes uh, you can end up being exhausted. Uh, so also that, that that's an advice that I would give is like, be kind to yourself. And of course, it's great to um, aim for excellence, but it's also great to aim for well-being. <laughs> so, yeah. You, um, you made a point before we started, and I just wanna, I just wanna talk about it swiftly. In regards to the the French accent and how the accent may be slightly stronger, so maybe 
you know some people may not understand it or it may take a little bit uh, longer for for the words to be to 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 come out which to be honest i have an english accent and it takes me just as much time so i i wouldn't worry about that have you ever felt any type of discrimination have you ever felt that that has blocked you from entering any areas hmm yeah i i think i've never um felt that people were, uh, you know, de- denying me access to anywhere, anywhere because, because I was a woman, but definitely I've um, already experienced situations in which I know that if I had been a man, um, people would have taken me more seriously in the first place. Mm. That's what I was talking about, proving yourself, because I've already experienced this situation where I know that I enter a room and because I'm a woman and maybe... I'm the only woman in here. Uh, well, you know, it's probably people are not going to listen to me and, or not even ask for my my opinion. Uh, it had it happened to me. So, um, so I guess it makes you it makes you stronger um, if if you are able to overcome this and 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 if it doesn't really block you. I guess it's. I guess it's very frustrating when you know that it's uh, you can't access opportunities because of it. And I've never had this impression. Maybe, maybe you know, it was a fact. Maybe sometimes, uh, you know, I, 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 I'm not even conscious of it. But I could have done more or other stuff if I had been a man. But I don't even know. But, but yeah, I've always already been confronted to these situations, and and also like um, internal internally. I know that sometimes I ask myself questions that maybe I wouldn't ask myself uh, if I was a man or I don't know, but in terms of confidence, in terms of wanting what to... What those? What questions do you ask yourself that you sometimes think, I don't know if I'll ask myself if I was a man? Well, sometimes, you know, I, I wonder, like, I, I wonder what, you know, if, if it's good enough or... I I want to I I always want to do more basically and I I just wonder like are they are they happy about it or even when I recruit people I see a big difference in the cover letters uh, in the way that women and men it's not always the case of course but sometimes you no know, I I could tell what the what the gender of this person is um, because you know men tend to say I'm the best person. Uh, for this job, I can do this, I can do this. And generally, women say more things like, I would learn a lot from this job. It would be, you know, great for me. It, it will, you know, it will help me to not help me, but it would like, you can bring me something and I would be honored to join. And sometimes men are more like, I'm the man of the situation. You know, it's it's quite funny. Like, um, but but I think it's it's good at the same time because it, 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 not that it's good to to lack confidence, but I think this kind of behavior is when you seem so sure of yourself. For me, like uh, it's it's not a really a, a nice way to be uh, in personally and professionally. Yeah, I completely agree. I think um, I mean I'm gonna scrap that. It's not. I think I believe that as women we do tend to place ourselves in this kind of bubble. Uh, and think that we're not good enough we aren't capable enough we're not knowledgeable enough and it starts by being a woman and then obviously it carries on with the other intersectionalities that one may have research 
showed it. Uh, the news continuously, I mean, the media continuously suggests it. Uh, leaders themselves say it quite openly. I know for a fact that when now I'm being approached for business deals or for uh, workshops or consultancy, if they have a price, the old me wouldn't negotiate. The new me is like, no, I definitely will because I should. And 2019, I started my year with the intent that I'm going to think like a man, which basically meant I'm going to say yes to everything I can do 10, 20% of and figure the rest out. And I have to admit that's exactly why I'm now in this position is because I started last year with the intent that I was just going to go for it. And I'm not saying all men do that. Of course not. I'm saying the majority of those that we see uh, in front of us who are kind of the leaders, the senior stakeholders most definitely do. And there are certain attributes that we can take from them. And but most importantly, the certain attributes that we hold with power our emotional intelligence our vulnerability the fact that we make so so many mistakes we quite and we can be very brave and honest about them i think those are strengths that we should be applauding thank you for listening to strategically winging it my name is sonia barlow i'm the host of this podcast and i hope you enjoy the conversation as much as i did if you'd like this show please do subscribe like and share If you'd like to be on the podcast, just drop us a direct message on our Twitter or Instagram, which is at Sonia Barlow UK.